Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Thank you, Ben. A wonderful job. And so we begin our lessons on the shoreline. We begin with Moses. Uh, I was going to start with with Noah, but I didn't really know where the shoreline was <laughs> when it came to Noah. <laughs> I guess we could say Mount Air, Ararat, but um, we're going to start with Moses on the shoreline. And um, I'm going to take you to the shore where uh, Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt to uh, to the wilderness to worship God. And right on their heels is Pharaoh and his armies. And Israel can turn neither to the left nor to the right. They can only go forward or backward. And obviously they can't go backward because Pharaoh and his armies are behind him. Ahead of them is the Red Sea. These poor people were literally between, as my father would say, a rock and a, and a hard place. Anybody know where that is? Anybody been to that place called between a rock and a hard place? Maybe you're there today. Maybe you're, you're in that difficult place. You can't go forward, you can't go backward, you can't go from side to side. You are really in a difficult place. And I want you to know today that God is here today. Can I say it again? God is here today. And he wants to touch you. And he wants to help you. He wants to bring you through. He wants you to experience a miracle in your life. How many believe in miracles today? Some of us do. Some of us don't. I hope that today your heart will be filled with faith to believe God for a miracle in your life. These poor people... We're in a place where either God had to come through or they would be crushed. Either God had to come through or life as they knew it would come to an end. They needed God to help them. I want to just show you a short video clip, and it's a a reenactment of Moses on the shoreline, and, uh, and then we'll begin. Can you imagine if you were Moses? You have all these people looking to you for guidance. You're the one that convinced them to leave Egypt. You were the one that said, come, let's go worship God. And now you've led them to this place where if God doesn't show up, everyone's dead. Everyone's in big trouble. I want to talk to you about... Trust in God. Trust in God where you are at in your life today. And today you may be not on a literal shoreline with Egyptian armies behind you and the Red Sea ahead of you, but you might be facing an illness. You may be facing financial difficulties, struggles. You may be facing a family crisis, emotional crisis. I don't know, but you do. And this morning, I want to share with you what God's Word says. 
I'm going to share with you timeless principles. I want to share with you and remind you that the God of Moses is our God. The God who led Moses and the Israelites out of Egypt and away from their captors is our God. He's the one we worship. He's the one that we pray to. He's the one that we trust. And so the very first thing that you're going to have to learn to do if you're going to learn to trust God, because that's really what this is all about. It's all about trusting God. Moses was in a place where he could do nothing but trust God. There was no place for him to go and resign his position as leader of Israel. There was nobody to take his place. He was literally in a place where he had to trust God. And I dare say that probably that's where many of us are today. There's, we, we can't resign from being a mother. We can't resign from being a father. You can't resign from having cancer, whether you've got it or you don't. You can't resign from your illness, whether you have it or you don't. The fact of the matter is, is we need to learn to trust God. And so the very first thing I want to point out to you, if we're going to really learn to trust God, is we've got to face, first of all, the reality. The reality of where we're at. It says in Exodus 14.10, as Pharaoh approached, look at this. The Israels, the Israelites looked up. They looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. And that just the way problems come upon us. We're busy about our way. We're on our journey. We're doing our thing. And suddenly we look up and bang, we're hit with the reality that we're in trouble. Isn't that the way trouble usually hits us? It just all of a sudden shows up. There it is. And we need help. Now, I want to say this. Here's what our tendency is when we are faced with difficulty. We don't want to face reality. We would rather not talk about it. We don't want to admit that we are in trouble. We prefer the bliss of ignorance. You've heard the expression, ignorance is bliss. And for those of you who don't know what bliss is, it's a state of happiness, a state of joy. But I want you to know that ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is ignorance. Not knowing the truth. Not knowing what the facts are. Our tendency is to ignore reality for as long as possible. The Israelites might have thought, well, I'll just put my head down and, and I'll just keep going along. And if I ignore the, Israel, uh, ignore the Egyptians, they'll go away. How many know that trouble doesn't just go away? Or very rarely does. At least that's been my experience. It doesn't go away. I'm at the face, if I don't face it today, I'm at the face it another day. Some think that if I don't face, uh, reality, if I don't acknowledge the problem around me, that somehow this is a sign of faith. It's a sign of my true faith because it means I really trust God if I, if I, if I don't acknowledge that I've got problems around me. Folks, that is not a sign of faith. That's a sign of a lack of faith. Because when you, when you fail to recognize your need, what you're saying is, uh, you don't really believe that God can help you through it. And so I want you to know today that facing your reality, facing the, the difficulties, the struggles that you've got in your life is not a sign of a lack of faith. It's the beginning of faith. And so I'm going to say this to you today. You've looked up recently and you notice you've got some problems. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your finances. 
I don't know. Maybe it's with a neighbor. I don't know. Maybe it's at your job. And you prefer just to put your head down and, and to stop looking at the problem, pretend, pretend it's not there, and hopefully it'll go away. I want you to know that that is, that is not faith. That is not trusting God. Some people think, now, I'll just put on a smile and start spouting platitudes and everything will be okay. Folks, that is not the way to face your problems. That's, that's just walking in some kind of a fake plastic world that's not in touch with reality. And the problem is that so many Christians think that that's the way they got to live their, their life. I'm going to tell you, when you live your life like that, it's a terrible testimony to the world because the people who don't know Christ, they look at us who say we, we declare that we love Jesus, but they look at us and they think, man, these people are fake. They're not real. They're not in touch with reality. And so the very first thing that you need to do if you're going to trust God is freely admit that you're in need. Freely declare, I'm in trouble and I need help. And so this is what we see the Israelites doing here. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said, God, help. Now this is what you and I need to learn to do. This is the, this is the beginning of true faith. It says, God, I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to trust you with my problem. I'm going to trust you with these Egyptians. I'm not going to just stick my head in the sand and pretend they're not there and hopefully they'll go away. No, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe that you are greater than my enemy, the Egyptians. You're greater than the problems that I'm facing in my life right now. And so I want to ask you that question this morning. What is, what is your reality today? If you've got some problems looming on the horizon and, and, you're, and, and you're just hoping they're going to go away, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you today that if you've got marriage problems and, or you feel there's something not right, then you need to deal with it. You need to deal with it immediately. You need to face this thing head on. If you've got problems in your family with your children, you suspect that maybe your kids aren't living the way they should be living, if there's something happening behind the scenes that you're not sure what it is, don't, don't put your head in the sand and pretend that nothing's wrong. Go and talk to your kids. Face it head on. Because that's where God can enter in and enter in very powerfully. Will you face reality? Will you acknowledge that you need God's help? Folks, that's the greatest sign of faith. God, help. God, help. Would you say that with me? God, help. Say it again. God, help. Now say it like you really want His help. God, help. Ray, you're going to get a lot of help there because you said that real loud. God, help. It's a simple little prayer, but I'm going to tell you this. God reveals himself as your father, as my father. And when a father hears his child say, help, guess what happens? He shows up in a powerful and mighty way. This, my friends, is the beginning of faith. is learning to recognize and to depend on and lean upon your father in heaven who loves you so much. It's interesting. I can sleep through through uh, through so much and there's other things that will get me awake just just like that as if as if uh, I wasn't even asleep and that's that's the voice of my wife or my children if I hear them I'm awake if I hear little Sarah say daddy I can I can sleep through a lot but man when I hear daddy I'm up I'm gonna find out what's going on well what's wrong who's there what's going I want to know what's happening why because that's my baby that's my sweetie. That's my little precious. And the Bible says 
If we, who are earthly fathers, know how to give good gifts and how to take good care of our children on earth, how much more will our Father in heaven take care of you and me? So I want you to know today, God the Father is waiting waiting for you to cry out for help. He's waiting for you to speak his name. He's waiting for you to say, Father, help. So, folks, let's, let's face the reality of our situation. If you've got problems or difficulties in your life, then you are ready for a miracle. And you need to understand that. God wants to do that miracle for you today. And all you have to do is say, Father, help. That's the reality. Here's the temptation. Exodus 14, verse 11, it says, They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Doesn't that just sound like something a Jewish person would say? <laughs> what, have you, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? That's the, that's the temptation in the midst of our problem, in the midst of our difficulty, in the midst of our struggle. That's always the temptation. The temptation is to complain. The temptation is to see the enemy or see the problem, not God. And so here they are in the middle of the wilderness. Verse 10, they're crying out to God. And then by verse 11, they're forgetting about God. Now they got their eyes on Moses and they got their eyes on the enemy and they start to complain. And they get their eyes off of God and off and onto the enemy. They begin to attack and complain. This is, the, this is the temptation that you and I face in the midst of our difficulty. Now listen to me this morning, my friends. If you're going to have a faith that sees those miracles realized in your life, then you are going to have to resist the temptation to take your eyes off of God and get them onto the enemy. You see, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to strike terror in your heart. He wants to strike fear in your heart so that your eyes are off of God. Maybe that's happened to you today. I don't know. You're facing a difficult time, and really, your eyes are not on God. Your eyes are on your problems, and you're trying to sort the whole sorry mess out all by yourself. These uh, Israelites forgot that God was with them. In fact, God was with them in a very tangible, tangible way. Look what it says in verses 19 to 20 of Exodus 14. It says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. All, listen to me, all that Israel needed to do was to stop looking back at the enemy and look forward to see the angel of God. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart now this morning. Because the enemy might be snapping at your feet. Might be snapping at your ankles. But before you is God Almighty leading the way, leading you through your difficulties and out of your difficulties. But you've got to keep your eyes on Him. You can't be looking at your difficulties. You can't be looking at your problems. You can't be looking at the people who are threatening you, the people who seem to be uh, against you. You can't look at them. You've got to look to God. The Bible says that Israel was led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of, of fire by night. And he made his presence very obvious to the children of Israel. And yet they had their eyes off of that, off of that pillar of fire, and they had their eyes onto the enemy, 
and it seemed as though all was lost. I'm going to tell you, folks, that is precisely how the devil works. Did you know that? If he can get you to stop looking to God, if he can get you to stop going to church, if he can get you to stop singing worship songs to the Lord, if he can get you to stop reading your Bible, if he can get you so wrapped up and so anxious and so worried about your problems that you don't look to God, then he's happy. And my friends, that is the, that is the beginning of the end of trust in God. That's the beginning of the end of faith in God. If you're going to truly know miracles taking place in your life, then the first thing you've got to do is, is you've got to be careful. You don't give in to the temptation to look to your problems or look to people. You've got to keep your eyes on God. And so this is what they did. They, they, these poor Israelites, they got their eyes on the enemy. The enemy's behind us. He's going to get us. He's going to kill us. Moses, they got their eyes on Moses. Moses, what's the matter with you? How could you lead us here? And it's everybody's fault. And you just, you just see the confusion, the disaster, the catastrophe that's unfolding here. And you can, you can just feel the confusion and the, and the anger and the resentment and the bitterness. And I'm going to tell you that none of that has anything to do with the children of God. The children of God are the children of God. And God is the author not of confusion, but of peace, of joy, of happiness. He's the author of life. And he's come that you and I might have life and have it how? More abundantly. Folks, if you are experiencing confusion and anger and bitterness and resentment and you're feeling uptight and you're feeling anxious and you're feeling worried and you're biting your fingernails off, I'm okay. If, you, if you're doing any of these things, then folks, probably what's happening is you've given in to the temptation to try to, and this is what, really what you're doing, you're going to try to take matters into your own hands. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to sort out Moses and then you're going to try to fight the Egyptians and you're going, to, you're going to get this whole thing sorted out. I'm going to tell you something right now. You can't do it on your own. You can try to do it on your own, but, but, but you're not going to be successful. What you need is you need the power of God to come in and get a hold of your heart and bring you peace and bring you joy and give you clear thinking so that in that hour when temptation comes, in that hour when difficulty comes, you can look to God and say, I know whom I have believed in and I'm persuaded that He is able to keep me. Did you hear what I said? I am persuaded that He's able to keep me. Are you persuaded of that today? Or have you given into the temptation? Look to your problems. Look to the people who you thought were, should know better and should lead you. I need to remind you of a promise that God made to his children. It's found in Deuteronomy 31.8. You hear me actually repeating this when I pray quite often. And it says this, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Listen to this. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Folks, that's a promise for the children of God. That's a promise for those who put their faith in God. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged. You say, but pastor, I'm going through a difficult time right now. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Because God has made a promise. And how many know that God does not break his promise? Hello? Let me tell you this. God does not break His promise and He has made a promise to you to never leave you nor forsake you. And if you give in to the temptation 
to look to the people around you instead of looking to God, then you are going to be overwhelmed. These poor Israelites, they gave into the temptation. I want to tell you something right now. God is teaching them something. And even though they got their eyes off of God and onto their circumstances, God did not forsake them. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God doesn't just say, that's it, you had your chance, I'm done with you. Aren't you glad that God doesn't do that? I sure am. Oh my goodness, how many times I've given to this temptation to get my eyes on the problems, get my eyes off of God, to start to complain. Oh, I sometimes feel sorry for those who are closest to me. (laughs) But it's a lesson that you and I need to learn. And that's exactly what God's doing here. He's trying to teach these Israelites what it means to walk in faith. And to walk in faith means that you keep your eyes on God. When I first started in the ministry, the people I was working with, I just thank God for them. When I first started in the ministry, they told me some things about myself that I did not want to hear. And it made me really angry. And I thought, how dare they say these things to me? And don't they know that I've got gifts and talents and I have an anointing on my life? And don't they know that I've been ordained? And didn't they know that I, I graduated well and got awards? Didn't they, don't they know who I am? But they told me some things that I needed to hear about myself. And it hurt. And it hurt deeply. And my, the temptation for me then was to either accept it and say, God, what are you trying to tell me through this? What are you trying to teach me? Or I could complain. Well, guess what I did? You thought I was so spiritual, didn't you? I complained. I was very angry. And the people closest to me, boy, every time we got together for a coffee or for dinner or whatever, we, we'd, I'd say, how are you? I'm fine. Things are going well? Yeah. And they'd say, how are you? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And like a broken record. And same old thing. Can you believe how they treat me? Can you believe what they said? Can you believe what they did? That's all I ever talked about. That became the thing to talk about. I didn't care what they had to say, but I sure knew what I had to talk about. And all my friends suddenly were like, you know what? I got to (laughs) go. Let's let's go do something else. And it was a dear godly woman, Julie Jerem, who's passed away now. And she said to me one day, Alan... Do you know that all you talk about is how you've been offended and hurt? Alan, it's time for you to learn what God wanted you to learn and to let it go. And man, that was like a two-by-four right between the eyes. Anybody ever gotten a two-by-four between the eyes? How many? Literally. (laughs) I like to know. I got a two-by-four right between the eyes. God, God pulled me up short. And I thank God for those people that spoke the truth to me, even though I was so angry at them, so angry and so hurt. And I knew, I knew that God used them for his purpose. And I want to, say, I want to speak to you right now because you're in that place right now. You're tempted to complain and grumble and to be angry because someone said something that hurt your feelings. And how dare they do that? Don't they know that? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Let it go. Let it go. Get your eyes back on God. Stop complaining. Stop grumbling. Stop 
whining about how you were hurt and how you were offended. Let it go now. It's time to let it go. It's time to say, God, thank you. Thank you for, you for what you're trying to teach me. And God, help me. Help me to grow. Help me to be mature. Help me to be godly. You know what I'm talking about? Temptation is to complain. Temptation is to get your eyes off of God. Get your eyes back on God. And I'm going to tell you what the opposite of complaining is. What the opposite of complaining is? The opposite of complaining is worship. And you need to get back to that place of worship. In place of all your complaining, you need now to begin to worship and praise the Lord and thank Him for His faithfulness and thank Him for His goodness. How many will say with me today, God is good? Is God good? The final thing I need to tell you this morning is the special lesson in the midst of all this. It says in verse 31 of chapter 14, And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord. And look at this. Listen. Can you say that with me? And put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Wow. They learned the lesson. Oh, they, they goofed up, made mistakes along the way, but that's okay for the children of God to make mistakes. The thing is this, you've got to learn the lesson. I tell my kids that. I don't mind if you goof up, make mistakes, whatever, but you've got to learn. You can't keep making the same mistake over and over again, or you'll never grow. And here's the thing that God wants you and I to do, my friends. He wants us to grow in our faith. He wants us to mature so that we learn to trust Him, so that we believe Him. That's what we believe, that whatever He says is true, and that He will do exactly what He says. When Hudson Taylor went to China, he made the voyage on a sailing vessel. That's how missionaries go. They didn't have any special ministry vessels for those in the ministry. There was no Dove One for Hudson Taylor to get upon. He had to just catch a ride with any vessel that was going to be doing trade in the Orient. And as this vessel neared the channel between southern, uh, the southern Malay Peninsula and the island of Sumatra, the missionary heard an urgent knock on his stateroom door. He opened it, and there stood the captain of the ship, and he said, Mr. Taylor, we have no wind, and we are drifting toward an island where the people are heathen, and are cannibals. If we come near that island, not only are we all dead, but we're all eaten. <laughs> and Mr. Taylor said, well, what can I do? And he said to Mr. Taylor, I understand that you believe in God, and I want you to pray for wind. Interesting, isn't it, how when we've deleted every other possibility of help, we finally turned to God and so Mr. Taylor said, all right, Captain, I will do as you say. I will pray for wind. But I want you to put up the sails. Well, that's ridiculous, the captain said, that there's no wind. Why would I put up the sails? That doesn't make sense. It's crazy. The sailors will think I'm crazy, but Mr. Taylor said, if you don't put up the sails, I'm not going to pray. And so Mr. Taylor got on his knees and the captain put up the sails. Forty-five minutes later, the captain returned to Mr. Taylor, who was still on his knees praying. And the captain said, you can stop praying now. We've got more wind than we know what to do with. 
Oh, my brothers and my sisters, if we would learn the lesson of faith to trust God, to trust Him and do exactly as He says. Will you learn that lesson? Will you do exactly what God calls you to do? Will you trust Him with your life, with your finances, with your marriage, with your family, with your, with your career, with your job situation? He's calling you, my friends, to keep your eyes on him and to trust him that he's going to bring you through. But you have to do exactly what he says. And for Moses, he did exactly what God said. God said, here's the route that I want you to take. And so he took that route. And here he is at the edge of the water. Can't go forward. Can't go backward. And he's saying, God, now what? And God says, I'm glad that you asked that question. And maybe that's where you're at right now in your life. You say, God, okay, now what? And God's saying, I'm glad that you asked that question. Because now I'm going to do a miracle for you. Are you ready for a miracle today? A miracle in your life, a miracle in your family, in your marriage. God is calling you to trust him. As I was preparing for the ministry, doing my second and third year, I've told you this before, some of you remember this, but I had the choice of either going to work for Safewave Canada, where I would have gotten a good wage, probably, I think it was 10 or $12 an hour then, or I could work for Gloria's dad, Charleswood Gospel Temple, Pastor Housing, and be the youth pastor for $3.45. And I remember the night before saying, God, I need money to go to Bible school. And God spoke to my heart so clearly and said, Alan, you're going to begin now to learn the lesson. This is not an audible voice. This is a real clear voice in my heart. Alan, you're going to learn the lesson now, what it means to trust me and to follow me. You've been called into the ministry not to Safeway. You've been called to follow me, to do my will, and you've got to trust that I will provide for you and meet your needs. I said, Lord, all right, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And wouldn't you know it, no sooner had I said yes to God, I'm going to go and take the $3.45 job at Charleswood Gospel Temple, but I got a call from Safeway saying, we have a job for you waiting can you, can you start right away? And I had to say, no. I have a job already waiting for me. I can tell you, my friends, that was a, a real test of faith because I didn't have any money. In fact, it was at that time that uh, I was boarding at Marilyn's place. She was the first woman I ever lived with. <laughs> You know what, this is funny, because when I started the ministry, my very first sermon, I was going to quote some profound and wise thing that Marilyn said, but nobody knew who Marilyn was, so I said, I referred to her as the woman I lived with. (laughs) 
I experienced in that in those summer months miracle after miracle after miracle. I paid Marilyn to stay at her place, and when it's time for me to go back to Bible school, she gave me back all the money that I paid her that summer. Wow. And then the church took up an offering for me. And one of the people in the church especially felt moved to write out a big check, and it was a big one. And I can remember on that last service at Charleswood Temple, I just sat there and I just wept. I said, God, you have proven yourself faithful. I will trust you. And I will do exactly what you say. And I will not go according to my own understanding. But in all my ways, I will acknowledge you, Lord. And I know you will direct my paths. And folks, I had every nickel, every penny I needed to go back to Bible college. And because I took that position at Charleswood Temple, I was the only one in my graduating class that had a church to go to when I graduated. Isn't that interesting how God works? God had a plan. I tell you this to say this, my friends. It's a God has got a plan for your life. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows where you're at right now. And he's calling you to trust him and to do exactly what he says. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Let me just share this with you in closing. Look at this passage of scripture. Exodus 14, 29 to 31. This is amazing. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shoreline. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians... The people, listen to this, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Now, I'm going to tell you this this morning. It's that God wants to teach you how to trust him, how to walk by faith. And where you're at right now is exactly where God wants you to be. And he wants you to learn to trust him. He wants you to learn to do his will. He wants you to learn to say, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do and not what I want to do. And as you learn that, you're going to advance. Listen to me. You're going to advance in your spiritual life. You're going to advance in your walk with God. You're going to go to the next level in your spiritual life. How many would like to move on to the next level in your spiritual life? How many want to advance and go on to the next place? Well, you have to do what he tells you to do. Now, here's the final word for you this morning. If you look at a map and look at where Israel headed out from, you'll see that they did not take the path that would have made most sense. The the path that would have made most sense would be to immediately go east. And there'd be no water to pass over. If they'd gone east immediately, they could have moved nicely right into the promised land. No problems. But guess what, my friends? Listen, oh, you got to get this. Sometimes God does not take you the easy way because there's things that you need to learn along the way. And so don't get angry at God because you're going through difficult times. My friends, you've got to understand something today that God has got certain lessons that you need to learn 
if you're going to advance and grow and become mature. Don't get angry at God, but say, God, what is it that you're trying to show me? No, Israel did not go the easterly route. They went the southerly route. It was down a path that was surrounded by the most uh, craggy, rocky, difficult terrain that you could ever imagine. Absolutely unpassable by human beings. It was a trail that either went forward or backward. And God led them on this route. And you could say, God, where are you? You could say, God, how could you lead us down this path? God, have you got the facts all mixed up? God, are you got things? Are you paying attention, God? How many have ever felt like that? God, have you got the wires crossed? Are you? Moses did exactly what God called him to do and took these Israelites down the southerly route where there was no way of escape except through the sea. And then God did a miracle. And Israel, the Bible says in verse 31, learned to fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Israel learned to fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, some of us are on that path surrounded by craggy wasteland. It's unpassable. There's no way to go but forward or backward. And we truly, truly need your help. Father, this morning, we acknowledge that some of us have lessons that we still need to learn. Indeed, if we were all honest, we'd say there's lessons that all of us have to learn. And God, we want to say and invite you to have your way in our life. We want to invite you, O oh God, to shape us, to mold us, to make us into the people that will most bring glory to your name. So help us, we pray, to learn to walk by faith and not by sight, to learn to trust you, Lord. And Lord, I believe today that there are people who are ready for a miracle. And this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. No one's looking around. Your eyes are still closed. Your heads are bowed. If you need a miracle in your life today, I just invite you to put your hand up to the Lord and say, God, I need a miracle. I'm going to, I'm going to follow your leading and guidance. Would you just do that right now? Maybe it's in your finances, your marriage, your relationships, your job situation. Maybe mentally, emotionally. Uh, maybe you're off... Uh, uh, off track spiritually, you're not where you need to be spiritually, but with, your hand, with that hand outstretched, it's a sign of faith. You're saying, God, here am I. I need you to help me. I'm going to get my eyes fixed on you, oh God, on you alone. I'm going to allow you to have your way in my life. Father, do that miracle today. Father, you see these hands outstretched. You see, God, the heart of each one, a heart full of faith, asking you, Lord, for guidance for help and strength. And so, Father, I thank you right now for your goodness. I thank you that you're a loving Father, that you love your children. And so we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.